Hey everybody and welcome back to the Commander's Vault. I'm JB. I'm Adam. I'm Dale. And I'm Lex. Lex, we are uh, we're got a guest spot on the show today. Uh, we're going to be talking about Lex's uh, brainchild, which was our Commander League, which I believe just finished up. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, it just finished up this past Saturday. So, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna be looking at getting a brand new one up and rolling. And uh, I think we're going to talk about your thought processes and things like that with the the challenges and the point system. And uh, that way we can uh, give anybody who wants to uh, their own tools to create their own or they can just, you know, play along with us. So first things first, how'd it go? First Uh, season. It was pretty good. Um, I I think the... The two-pronged system that we were using, and I'll explain. I'll go over all that. Um, I think the two-pronged system was a little, a little much for the first season because um, a lot of people didn't understand it. But um, it was almost a, a mashup of what I used to do back in Johnstown when I played, um, and I used to run a EDH league down there. Uh, but it was a lot different than it was here, so. Can you explain a little bit what the two prong, what you're talking about, the two prongs? Yeah, so uh, Wizards came out with what was called Commander Knights, and uh, that was basically a list of achievements that you would get over a certain amount of time, a couple weeks, a month, or so on or so forth, uh, depending on how long the shop wanted to run it. And they provided a list of achievements that you would try to get uh, just by playing while you were in the shop. And um, the idea was that I was going to incorporate that because um, some people didn't like the idea that we had um, previously, which, to give you guys a, a background, <coughs> in Johnstown I used to run a EDH league which was based off of getting achievements through playing which would be um, having for example destroying a soul ring having X amount of the same creature type Um, but the way we did it was you would sit down with the people in the league and you would play in four man pods and these we actually had them all printed out they were almost their own magic cards um and they would have which ones were active during the game but there were also penalties involved as well um one of them was uh it was heavily against going infinite which i know was a lot of people's gripe was there was a lot of people like to go infinite when they play they like to combo they like to end the game they like to play another one so um but back in Johnstown when we played, the playgroup that I was with and the people that I started the league with, we had a common understanding that we just didn't play infinite combos. It just, yeah. that was just how it was. So um, so I tried to incorporate that as well as a little bit of the Commander Knights uh, theme from Wizards. And... Basically, we ended up with a, a two-pronged system where, one, you had a list of 21 achievements that you could get from just playing in the shop Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. And then um, 
we also had a separate one where you could play one game a week with f- three other people that were in the league and you would we basically used the commander versus we point system we altered it a little bit but it was essentially the commander versus point system and based on that people came in uh people came in a ranking so it was that's kind of how we did it um for the first season at least but now we're changing it a little for the second season so uh i'm a little more hopeful for the second season and we'll continue it from there. Uh, who who came in first in the points? Uh, it was actually Dale. Oh, yes. nice. nice. So um, good work. I was I was going over it, and Dale ended up he ended up coming in first. Uh, I got second, and then I believe Joe College came in third. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. So, but it was it was a matter of. I think Neil Neil just had a had a terrible time. I don't I don't even know if he got any points. Oh yeah. I think yeah. he has the same amount of points as me and I just couldn't participate in the entire thing. It's like I bought into the I bought into the league and then just didn't play one league game and didn't right. didn't keep track of any achievements, anything like that. So I was just like, eh, I'll probably try it again when I have like more time, but I think I think I didn't do actually anything and I think Neil Played a bunch of games and we have the same amount of points. So, right, and that I, that was, that that's um that's kind of where I, I feel like we had to alter it for like down here is that people do have different schedules, so it's a lot it's a lot different than than back in Johnstown because we all we all would meet up there every Friday like religiously and I mean, the shop there was open till. One two in the morning. Oh, so we'd wow! Be, yeah, so we'd be out. We'd be out there playing for. We'd play from they. They really didn't. They didn't open until about seven o'clock. But we'd go from seven till one, two, three in the morning, depending on when the shop owner wanted to close up. So. Well, I mean, I personally kind of liked the the two prong thing. I liked uh, playing the games. Uh, in a pod with other league members and getting points based on if you come in first place, you get uh, four points, second place, three, two, one, as well as, you know, the other points that you can get. Negative point modifiers as well. Yep, the negative points, which I took some negative points to playing in uh, multiple games in one week. Like, I played my league match and then another uh, league match was happening, but they needed a fourth player, so I hopped in. And I can't win any more points in that match, but I can lose points, which I think is a good balance for, for that system, you know, to you know stop people who are already ahead in points from purposely just trying to just steamroll everybody yeah. else out. So I thought that was pretty good uh, system there, and I definitely... I love the the achievements. It's like super fun. Like the only thing I could like hope for is just like more achievements. Like because that's like the whole fun of it is getting the achievements. And the more there are, the more it makes like the deck building open. Like where you don't have everybody going like okay, so you know the, we all have to get these twenty achievements, and that means we all have to build a reanimator deck. So, like, if you have, you know, 30, 40 achievements, 
people can just like pass on doing you know reanimator style ones to get those points and just do other achievements to get points and still you know all be on equal playing ground so i mean i definitely like season one so between the i mean dale lex between the two of you who played in it the most and got to experience it the most what was the hardest achievement that you found to actually achieve um i think the hardest for me was to start and end your turn with one life so one of the (laughs) yeah so one of the achievements was to to start and end your turn with one life so whether you decide you want to drop a turn one necropotence and pay 39 life into it and pray (laughs) you get to your next turn but um i think i think personally that was probably the hardest for me um because i don't I don't really play a lot of dangerous games like that, so that yeah, was, yeah. Th- like I said, well, that was probably the hardest one. And I mean, being able to get those achievements outside of playing only league matches, I think worked pretty well. Because I mean, I remember being in a game with Duncan, who had one life, and he's literally just like, please don't kill me so I can just start my turn, pass, and then get this achievement. <laughs> and I'm like... Yeah, that's fine, sure. <laughs> yeah, I think that was the hardest one as well. I actually didn't complete all the challenges. There was 21 of them. I think I did like 16 or 17 of the challenges. Uh, but yeah, there was some pretty tough ones on there that just I was like, eh, you know, I just don't have the time to like build a whole nother deck and like focus in on these specific ones. So I just kind of passed, especially that when I was like, man, how am I even going to do that? I'm going to have to necropotence, you know, that's like the easiest way I think to probably go about getting that one. But that one's definitely a tough one. Maybe uh, like tree of perdition or like Soren Markov your life down as low as you can and then like ping yourself for some damage or something. But definitely a tough one to work around. Yeah, it was it was definitely the the hardest one to get for me at least. Um, but there there were some other ones like there were some deck building ones like there was play a standard legal EDH deck. There was uh, play a popper EDH deck. So it 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 was the goal is to get more variety. Like I know a lot of people have, uh, especially out here, a lot of people build one deck and they stick to that deck and that deck will never change. It, it is what it is. That's what they play. I'm right here, man. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so, but, yeah, I how mean, dare you call me out like this right in front of me. But, I mean, that that's really the goal is to, to get people to play other things and see see different interactions because that's how, I mean, I, I'm sure any of you guys can vouch that I walk in here with a new deck probably almost every time I walk into the shop. Yeah, you so. do. So you, you always are telling me you, you built something new and check this out and whatnot. I mean, some people are like that. I can't. I'm more of a person who I just like, I like this commander. I'm going to have him built for a while. And like, I'm just going to upgrade. From you're the, there. Gu- you're the guy my... that goes to the Longhorn Steakhouse and gets the same steak every time. Cause mm-hmm. you know, you like it. Like, <laughs> exactly. exactly. Le- Lex is the one who goes and orders off all different types of menu <laughs> the whole time. That's a good, everything different. There. Yeah. It's just right. like, I know I like the meatloaf. You cannot change my mind on this meatloaf. (laughs) Right. So um, what we used to do actually was like we would play those games like uh, like with the how we did with the commander versus uh, rules. But 
instead of those those rules being in play, we had uh, there were two statics that were always in play. It was um, you get a point for just playing in a in a league game, and then you get a point for eliminating a player. So it wasn't so it wasn't the four three two one system. It was you get a point for every person you kill, and then um, we also had instead of um, those like certain rules like first blood that those things those were actually our achievements almost like we took the the 21 achievements that you could get and we just randomly picked a few of them per like per pod per game and those were the achievements that were active and that's what you had to go for so that makes it interesting yeah so that that was a lot of I, I personally I like that the most but we had a lot of grief about infinite combos so out here I tried to make it a little different about just doing so you can go about your everyday playing and get these achievements however you want if, if you can get them with your your deck that combos off on turn three then like by all means get them but uh, at the same time we were trying to make the games more casual but you also had point penalties for people that did deck build like that you know it was like if you kill everyone but before turn what was it five five yeah yeah and then if you kill everyone in the same turn so it really dissuaded you know infinite combos as a way to just farm points because there were the negative point modifiers and i mean was that as prevalent as you were expecting um I mean, I think I think Dale played in a game where the game ended at like three turns in, and it's like uh, I think Duncan was the one who who won the game. He he comboed off on like turn three and killed yeah. everyone at the table, and then uh, Dale ended up losing a point because he comboed off because uh, one of the negative points was don't cast your commander, you lose a point. Oh. So. The, the issue with yeah. that is that he comboed off on turn three, and then um, no it one... It just brings the points down on everyone right. who hasn't been able to do their thing. Right, so okay. so he ends, up, he ends up leaving the game with one point, and everyone else leaves the game with none, or they end up losing points overall. And to me, that, that really isn't what the league is is there to do it's not really it's not a cdh league if you it, i mean if the people around here wanted a cdh league i am sure we could get one together but and, i mean that's a that was a great i don't know if anybody paid attention on uh on twitter the last week or so but edh rec came out with their wikipedia like a wiki and uh they actually like tried to like define EDH and CEDH and how they're not just they're they're not two separate entities it's you know CEDH is a consistent uh, more like every card has a purpose every everything is tuned and things like that I can't remember the exact definition but you know I think a CEDH league would be pretty fun there would be there would be some crazy achievements that you could get with you know CEDH you know, cast X amount of spells uh, yeah. within, you know, the first couple turns. Because, you know, you got, like, your storm decks and stuff that can cast upwards of, 
I mean, at the the highest point, it can be infinity spells, yeah. you know. But you know, and within the first five turns of the game, it's like, maybe maybe try to do something crazy like uh, play five spells your first turn or four spells, whatever would be more balanced or whatever. I'm trying crazy. to think of all the zero drops. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I mean. You know like, what I mean? You have a lot of them. You can you can drop a lot of artifacts turn one. Yeah, but that I think you know that's a good idea. I'm a yeah. I'm a brainstorm a CDH league. Yeah, I mean what. You know, that'd be that'd be cool. I mean, it, it it'd be interesting to see all the decks that come out to try and get like you'd you'd see all kinds of all kinds of different decks. I mean, um, I I've played I've played multiple CDH decks, and I mean my my current favorite is my Sisse deck. But um, is that the the five color Sisse? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, it's the the chain where you you get. Amanatu, uh, Bolus Dragon God, and uh, Oath of Teferi out, and you can infinitely make mana, and then use Bolus to make sure they don't have a hand or any permanents on the field, and then you can mill their library with... Um, you just kill them with Bolus, right? No, no, because you have to blink Bolus with uh, Amanatu to keep using his abilities. And you have to get up oh, to okay. plus eight, so... Um, and you only get two activations, so you can't get him to his his ultimate right off the right off the rip. Gotcha. But but basically, you end up just uh, exiling their entire library with um, Ashiok, the uncommon Ashiok, yeah. and yeah. then just pass turn, and everyone draws and loses. So loses. Yep. That sounds pretty fun. It um, it's pretty fun. I mean, I like it because it's very toolboxy. You can use her to go find an answer like um still one of my one of my favorite plays was on uh my friend built a urza stacks deck that he wanted to play and test out and neil was playing um neil was playing riel and neil cast wheel of fortune and i tutored for um while he, while wheel of fortune Narset. was on the stack yeah i, oh. I tutored for narset and was like this is going to be a bad time for everyone, but I'll take it. So yeah. So I mean that that's just what I like because um, I know when I played in that one v one tournament we just had, I played against Aiden, and I played uh, Lavinia on like turn two, and he was like, "Oh, for yep. his mana, he played slivers, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so clap his mana slivers hard. Yeah." Well, that and then then he can't cascade. Yeah, that's can't what. Cascade. Yeah, his. That's. Oof. So, um, but it just has those those subtle answers that you can just Tutor get there at, at a moment's yeah. notice. Yeah. So, um, but that's that's the one I enjoy playing right now. Uh, but I I I've played Blood Pot. I've played Rurikthar Stacks. Uh, I've played a bunch of different ones, but that's my favorite one so far. So that'd be a good one for you, Rurikthar Stacks. Yeah, I do have most of that Rurikthar deck built too. I just never, just never played or, fruition. or really done anything. I don't think it. I don't think Dale can actually build a CDH deck and like finish the deck. I, don't I think, think so, it's man. something inside of him stops. <laughs> hey, I stops do have Kinnon built. Okay, Kinnon Bonder no, Project you, is built. No, is full of proxies. Nope, I no, nope, I took them out. There's only four proxies in there. I took all four of them out, and I still played it. Really, and I. When, when was this? I was 2-0 and in the event until I went up against Duncan. It's a Najila 1v1. You're not beating Najila 1v1. 
That's why it's I've, banned. I've, been, I've beaten the Jill 1v1. Yeah, but there's a reason why it's banned in 1v1. Well, I mean, I just take know. like 18 turns. So. <laughs> and they just don't get a turn. But, I mean, the deck, the deck did great. So, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, we kind of got a little off topic. But I think that doing a CDH one that doesn't dissuade from combo, or I wouldn't say quite rewards it, because... That's what a lot of people... Are, that's what CEDH is most of the time anyway. Right. But, you know, just not griefing people for <laughs> for having an infinite combo or something like that. Or, you know, if, if it's just like... If you win the game with no cards in your library, you know, get a point. Or lose a point. Because those are two very common win cons with, yeah. uh, you know, fish... Consultation fish and right. uh, lab man and things like that with Doomsday. <laughs> right, I like I said. I mean, it, uh, CDH like would be cool, um, but I know there's a lot of people that just they don't want to play it. Yeah, it's a very um, particular type of people that would play the the CDH league, no doubt. Yeah, right. Don't get me wrong. We had, we do have a lot of people around here who do like to play CDH and play combos, and I feel like we're corrupting more and more as we go. Uh, but yeah, it kind of keeps. Everybody quelled if it's more casual and stuff like that. And right. And I think, um, especially for newer players or just people who show up out of the blue that want to play it, yeah, it's not a bad thing. So, Yeah, I would much rather play in a casual uh, event than play in, like, a CEDH event. Like, don't get me wrong, I, I don't mind CEDH and everything, and I definitely think that it's got its place in the format and that it's it's an awesome way to play Magic, but I just personally like more casual decks. I mean, I'm not talking Power 3 or 4, but, you know, just like an optimized deck that like is... Like a 6 is, or 7. Yeah, or just even above. an 8, you know, somewhere in there. That's fine to me, but, you know... I don't necessarily like playing Kinnon all the time because it's just like, it's just so optimized that you just you just do the same thing over and over again like all the time. Well, that that I mean that is one of the like things about CEDH is you're cutting variance. Yeah. You want to make sure that variance has as little to do with you winning as possible. Yep. You know, so like yeah, you you're, want it as most consistent and efficient as possible. You know, if if I'm playing against a, a you know, a Tassiger CDH, I know that there's like two or three things that they're gonna try and do to win the game. Yeah. You know, if I'm going against a, you know pre pre flash ban, if I was going against a, a Thrasios Timna, I I knew the 15 cards in the deck that would get them to where they need to go. You know, that's why I like casual. And that's why I really like the league, is the achievements. Because then it makes it, like, so open that you don't know what your opponent's going to do. You don't know how the games are going to come out. And, you know, you don't know who's going to win because you don't know if the guy sitting across from you is just trying to, like, be like, okay, I'm cutthroat winning to get those four points. Or if they're, like, going to slow play it and try to get as many achievements as possible while also getting points. So it, like, makes the games a lot more like diverse I mean I would say that you know that's for that's that goes both ways I've had extremely diverse CDH games but you know you get a lot of I've had really memorable CDH games but I've also had a lot of memorable casual games 
you know, yeah, like coming definitely. from the brink of loss to victory or the other way around, you know, get being on the doorstep of victory to get clapped into oblivion by some rando deflecting palm or something like that. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I, <laughs> yeah. I've had that happen. It's, it's pretty, you know, but I think overall, I think the league was a success. I think that after a couple tweaks, you know, just some, just some minor things, uh, you know, adding more achievements, like Dale said, getting the point system and the schedule kind of honed into the, how many people can, can get here at one time and, things like that i think i overall you know kudos to you lex and whoever helped you you know i know you said you had had somebody working with you um it's we we sat down uh it was me colton uh cody tyler and joe um we all sat down and we we kind of brainstorm the the achievements and um kind of how to do the league and i mean there were some there were some heated words exchanged with people who didn't wanna <laughs> didn't wanna be inhibited by um, infinite combo stuff and so I mean we we tried to just change it to to make as many people happy as we could and we know we can't please everyone so but I think overall the the reaction to the league was pretty positive in fact I think I saw more people trying to be here on. Saturdays and Fridays and stuff to to get their league achievements because there was a monetary thing tied to those achievements as well. What was the right? It was like how, however many achievements you get a pack. So, so the entry fee to the league was ten bucks, um, and the thought process behind that was since we had the the two prong system, um, if if we had ten people, we'd have a hundred bucks, and that would get us a box of whatever set that like we'd get a box of Zendikar for example and if everyone did if we only had 10 people and everyone did all 21 achievements they would get they would get three packs uh every seven you can claim a prize so um the the idea behind it was if you do all 21 achievements you're gonna get your money's worth because uh, whether you walk in here and spend ten dollars, you'll you'll end up getting three packs regardless. I mean, depending on what set or what type of pack, but you'll get three packs regardless. And then, um, since a booster box comes with thirty six packs, the the second prong of the the thing would take all the extra packs that either weren't weren't claimed by people by getting all the twenty one achievements, or um, we'd start with a pool of six packs because 10 people would just claim 30 packs yeah. so we'd have a, a pool of at least six packs for that two prong so it would incentivize people to play in that second prong if they can't get all 21 achievements or something like that you want to try and win through points to right get the other packs yeah i got you that's so, like the jackpot prize like the big flush one yeah. and then that's, like you get uh the achievements and getting your couple of packs uh throughout the uh, the season, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was that was really uh, our thought process behind us doing it that way. Um, now it it's a little. That's why it's a little different this next season is because 
it's actually going to be sponsored by Neil and the Commander's Vault podcast and everything. And it, it's so it's it's free to enter, but um, that's where I I kind of ran into a little bit of an issue because I can't run the two prong system how I did the first time because we had that backup of we had that monetary value to Neil mm-hmm. for those prizes and it. That's kind of what I'm trying to iron out, um, uh, but I don't really have too much time to iron it out, so I've been working on it. But yeah, so um, but that's that's that was our whole thought process behind this two prong system. So um, now we have whatever prizes weren't claimed plus the six additional packs from everyone paying ten dollars or whatever, and we have those extra packs into that second prong. Now, way that I've done League before, like Commander League, uh, instead of a point system, it was a very easy-to-understand monetary value system. It was... Now, don't get me wrong. This probably wasn't the best way to do it, but this was what worked for... uh, the, the shop that I was playing at. Uh, shout out Sports Collectors Universe, which is now uh, Clubhouse Cards in Pittsburgh. Uh, shout out to Bryce. He was a beast in the early days of Commander. This was 2012, 2013. Uh, you know, back in back in the old times. But uh, he we did uh, a pot of four. It was a $5 buy-in for each person. Right? Now... If you eliminated somebody, you got five bucks. You made your money back, you kill one person, right? If one person kills the whole table, that person gets $15 in store credit. All of the money was transferred into store credit. The, the shop always kept five, as like because whoever won, your $5 that you pay in goes to the shop, right? So, but it was all, it always ended up being there always ended up being the shop getting a little, just a cut off the top of each pod. And, heck, playing a, playing an EDH pod and winning 15 bucks, you know, was pretty yeah. good. Yeah. I mean, and there was no limit on pod size. If you and 10 other people agreed to sit down, which I have before, I was the 11th person in the pod, and I won that pod. I eliminated yeah. everybody at the same time. So I got like... 50 bucks. Yeah, it was pretty good. That's pretty cool, too, with the store credit. That that just kind of makes it like you get to be picky and choosy. Oh, if I want to spend it all on one card, I get one card out of it. Or if I want to spend it on a bunch of packs, I can go get packs and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, that ran for... We ran that for years. Like, that was that was the, the default setting at the place that I was playing at. And Bryce was more than happy because because all that money was transferred into store credit... It was basically, yeah, uh, the store store gets to keep the cash, and then they give out the credit, and you get like a little slip, and just says X amount for this person, this person, this person. But then the store always just gets cold hard cash, which is always king, and then the store credit, you can buy whatever you were probably going to buy anyway, yeah. you know, but you just got it for winning an EDH game instead. So... Uh, that's that's just a, a way that I have seen it run, and now 
power level really does come into play when you're doing something of that because this is now money on the line and people will come out swinging every single time. I lost, okay, let me tell you about my first loss to a turn one infinite combo. I didn't even get to play a card. That's fun. Yeah. So uh, the dude was playing uh, Zhao Dun the One-Eyed, mono black, and he casts a turn one ad nauseum. All right, turn one ad nause. He uh, now the deck was built around ad nauseum as the win con. You could obviously tell because every all the mana cost was pretty low, and so he drew, he picks up three quarters of his deck, right, and he manages to ritual into a Skurg Familiar, which discard a card, uh, gain a black mana, and then he casts Sickening Dreams. Or no, was it Sickening Dreams? No, it was, uh, it was Exsanguinate. It was Exsanguinate for everybody's life total. And uh, that was turn one. I hadn't even played a land. And I was like, what is this bullshit? How, how is this allowed? Like, is that allowed? Like... <laughs> Like, I was looking around, like, hey, can someone tell me if this is cool? Is, is any of these banned? Are any of these cards banned? It's, it feels like these should be banned. But that was, like, my first loss to a turn one combo where I didn't actually get to do anything. And, yeah, that was salt. There was some mega salt there. And every, every time after that, it was like, man, I can't afford to go easy. Or this guy's just going to come in and clap my face and and take my five bucks right you know so there's obviously like a there's there's got to be a middle ground somewhere but it was like the casualty of the of the achievements and the point system versus the the rock hard money system of i'm gonna bring my best deck and i'm going to you know slam win ever try and win every single time because five bucks is is five bucks you know well, uh- <clears throat> Not, that's that's kind of what the the points system for that that part of it was set in for is because like you said I mean and we know every uh, most people that play at the shop play at a pretty high level and I mean if if any prizes are on the line like that I mean you see Neil's tournaments there it, it's cutthroat oh, yeah. CDH it, so I mean. It, that's kind of the the deterrent using the point system is to try and stop people from just going off on turn one or turn two because I mean by turn five if you don't have any sort of board state at all or I mean are you gonna really do too awful much I mean at that point if if Dale can run you over with Yorvo on turn five and you don't have any blocker I mean. There's not really anything. Yeah, you, nothing you can do about yeah, it. Yeah, baby. <laughs> so sorry, um, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> so, but there are times where you're sitting in the sitting in the pod, and someone, I I remember Dale asking, "So, uh, is it my turn five or their turn five? So, Dale is on his turn five, and he's like, "I can I can kill one person." And I was like, well, it, it's their turn five. It's not 
it's not your turn five because obviously if you go first, you have that one turn advantage. Yeah. So, uh, so Dale waits till turn six and hits Neil with like a uh, I don't even know it was how like big 20, he was. It was like a twenty three something Yorvo. Yeah. So and insta kill. He yeah. was like, "Can I? So I can kill him this turn, right?" I'm like. Yeah, it's it's legal, <laughs> and you won't lose a point for killing them. So, so, but I mean, you have you have games like that. So you go these five turns deep, and if no one has an answer, I mean, it's it, it's fair game at that point. So yeah. yeah, I feel like that's a that's a good spot right there to start like trying to win the game. You know, turn turn six if you're the first player. By that point, you know that's that's fair game, dude to start trying to actually win the game and not be trying to, you know, play super competitively and win earlier than that, you know. You got to at least allow everybody a fair chance through luck of the draw or whatever to get their board state set up. So I definitely think turn six is a fair spot to be like, okay, it's open season now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, cast obliterate. Yeah, yeah. Set it back to turn zero. Turn zero, baby. (laughs) Um, I actually was brainstorming some ideas, too, and uh, I was thinking, like, I know this won't happen this league or whatever that you're setting up this coming season or whatever, but having, like, 99 uh, achievements, one for each card in your deck, and making the achievements different, like... Maybe. It sounds like you're volunteering like, to write those achievements, because... <laughs> sure. Like, 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 the look that Lex just gave you, <laughs> I mean, he's like... But, I ain't doing it. That's a, I mean, that's a lot. I mean, this season we, we stepped it up from 21 and we're going up to 30. But, I mean, at this point, like, we still have a few to go. And, I mean, we're, we're trying to make them, like, like, ones that you can get by just playing Commander. Ones you get uh, based off of um, using cards in the newest set. So, we're... we're Focusing on Ixalan, we're trying to tie in a little bit of Commander Legends, or not Ixalan, Zendikar. Uh, Zendikar. But um, we're we're trying to tie in some of the mechanics from that. But then we're also trying to make like really hard achievements that like you might have to actually build a deck around trying to get. And so that's that's where we're at right now. But I mean. 99, 99 is that's ambitious <laughs> i think like all right so if you were to do a 99 achievement list right you would do 30 easy challenges like play a turn one solar ring okay boom you got the achievement then you'd have 30 mid-tier level ones and then you know maybe 20 hard ones and 10 really hard ones and then each tier would be certain points so tier one those first 30 you only get one point for doing those achievements you know the second tier you get 10 the third tier 20 and the fourth tier 50 so like wow. the hardest challenges could be something you went along from the one lines. to 50 i thought it was gonna be like one two three yeah. four, well whatever you want to make it 10 50 because i was thinking 25 <laughs> 50 100 at one point just something to keep the the numbers like round you know so like the hardest challenges could be like uh, kill somebody with their own commander commander damage. If you can do that, you get 100 points. You know, because that's really hard to do, to steal somebody's commander and then beat them down with it. I don't think a lot of people would be able to do that. So that would be, like, really hard. You could also have, you know, hard ones, you know, win with a two-card combo. So then you're not excluding the 
the combo players per se, they can still win that, but you can only do the achievement once. So once you win with a two card combo, cool, you did your achievement, you got your points. And if you do it again, you don't get anything out of it, you know? Just like, I don't know, just weird ideas I was brainstorming for. Well, start writing League down. ideas, you know. If you feel like you can come up with 99 achievements, maybe we'll probably two. Oh, yeah. uh, I mean, I'm, I'm sure we could. I'm sure we could get to something like that. Um, basically, using the points is like, okay, if you turn in 150 points, you get X Y Z prize or something like that. Like you get a foil promo pack or whatever. I mean. It might have to be a little more than that because yeah. if if you're trying to kill someone with their own commander damage, then I mean you might need a little bit more. But it it's it's ideas like that that make the league fun. Is that people like you? You'll get people that will sit down at the game and just say, "Well, what if this was an achievement? Or what if you did this?" Or and we, I mean, we've sat down with Dale and just go, "Dale, what do you think?" What like. What what kind of achievement do you want to see on on the list? Because, I mean, obviously it can happen. It's not it's not like it no one's yeah. listening. So, yeah. but we that's what we've been looking for is like ideas of achievements, stuff like that. Because there are some that are just just fun to try and get. Like uh, a lot of them go off of. I mean, a lot that, that I brainstorm go off of, like, things that I've seen happen in Commander games. Yeah, like because the wild stuff, like the once-in-a-blue stuff, or, like, something that would happen more more commonly? Um, it could happen for it, either way. I mean, it could be something that happened once, and you're like, okay, I want to see that recreated somehow. I want somebody to try and do this. Or it could be, okay, well, cast a Soul Ring, or destroy Soul Ring, or... Something like that because um, you have to kind of look at the the meta that we play in, and it, there's ideas out there like destroy someone's sensei's top, but not too awful many people play sensei's top, but everybody plays soul ring, so you can like kind of pick off your meta and that'd be a good harder achievement though. Yeah, at the top because like you have to uh, K group it. Yeah, you have to K group it. Or, like, you have to set it up in such a way, like, they have to tap it first and then you blow it up. You know what I mean? Right. Like, maybe a good harder you could, achievement. You can do an achievement, uh, take an extra turn without playing blue in your deck. So you'd have to, like, fork somebody's extra turn spell or something like Play that. Play seed time. Like, yeah, seed time. <laughs> right. Like, somehow. Final fortune. You know, Something like that. I think that would be a cool challenge because a lot of people like to play extra turns. That's in the meta a lot, so being able to take an extra turn and not play blue. I think that's achievable. It's not super hard, but it's definitely doable. There's stuff out there, yeah. So, Lex, coming into the second season of this Commander uh, League and Challenges, what are some of the new things that you added uh, as opposed to last season. So, um, since we are, since it's sponsored this time by the Comics Vault and the Commanders Vault podcast, we're um, we're stepping up how many achievements we we have, um, and I I think we're gonna keep the two prong system to try and keep the 
the casual play. Like, we want to see casual things happen. Um, That's no fun. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we we decided that we're going to step up the amount of achievements. Um, this time, instead of doing seven, you're going to have to do ten to get a prize. But it is free entry. Um, and depending on how many people we get, I mean, we'll see where the league can can evolve from that point. Um, but I mean, we have, we have a good bit of the achievements done. We're cycling some of the ones that we had last, this last season, um, just because they are very generic. Um, like we have a win a commander game. We're going to keep that one just because, I mean, it's, it's an EDH league, so we're going to keep it. But, um, we have some other ones that are based off of the new Zendikar rising set, um, for example, we have um, have a full party without changelings. Ooh, ooh, that's All a right. good one. Yeah. So um, we're gonna we're gonna try and get people to actually play the cards from the set or play their favorite wizards, clerics, rogues, and warriors from all of Magic. Um, we have copy an instant sorcery activated, triggered and a permanent in the same game. So essentially using the Lithoform engine, yeah, all three modes card. in one game. Um, That's pretty easy. Right. I, but yeah, I mean, like, well, assuming you have a Lithoform engine. Right. Yeah, but, I think that's the... But there's, there's not... You don't just have to use that card to get it. There's a hundred yeah. different ways to do things like that. Um, we have... Let's see... Uh, Control a land, creature, enchantment, artifact, planeswalker, while both having an instant and sorcery on the stack. So you have to use... That's rough. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to have one of each permanent type plus an instant and sorcery on the stack. And, I mean... That's a lot of crap. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, those are some of the harder ones. Like, we have some hard ones like that. Um, We have kick two spells in the same turn um so use the kicker mechanic just to kick two different spells in the same term um and that's that's because kicker is usually very mana intensive i mean there's some that are very high kicker costs um one one of them that i think is really going to be hard uh and it's really going to be i'm really curious to see how people are going to do it is uh have 10 or more double face cards on the battlefield or in your graveyard. Huh. Just run a transform deck and just traumatize yourself? There's there's that. There's all those um, double face land cards now. There's yeah, the, the module cards. Yeah. There's all kinds of different um, ways to do it. But it'll be interesting to see how people can try to like achieve that achievement right um we have uh play a two-headed giant game so just trying to play a different format than just sitting down in a pod and playing free for all um we have play against the league admin we're bringing that one back so you have to show up sometime that uh one of us are here and play just play against us i mean like you guys know, I have a bunch of different decks. It'll, it'll be funny to see what I have sitting there. Um, yeah. Which one you're going to play today. <laughs> right. Um, 
We have destroy a soul ring, actually. Um, we Dale's, have Dale's favorite achievement. Yep. <laughs> right. Um, one that one that I really like um, that kind of brings in the casual aspect is play a vanilla creature. So Ooh. play something that doesn't have any any keywords. It's just vanilla. Uh, I mean that that's one that I like just because it it'll be interesting to see someone play a vanilla creature. I mean. I don't, this is what Gigantosaurus is a vanilla creature, right? Yeah, what a ten ten. Yeah, it's a ten ten with with nothing on it. Yeah, so I mean, there's definitely playable vanilla creatures, but they're far and few between. They are. I mean, so, um, we have kill an opponent with non-combat damage. So non-combat damage. Yeah. Okay. So, um. That'll be pretty interesting to see. Without having it being infinite combo, yeah. Well, you can make it an infinite combo. That, but you just take points for it? No, that's that's the other part. Oh, that's the other part. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So, this is just like you coming down here playing a game. Like, if you want to go infinite and cast a fireball, then... Then you can do that. Okay. Yeah. Um, we have mill an opponent for ten or more cards in a single turn. Uh, I mean... There was a little bit of mill brought into this set with um, Animon, the commander deck, and I mean, there's always glimpse the unthinkable that just does it one turn. Mind right. grind, yeah, mind, mind grind, grind. traumatize, traumatize uh, that that the, new fish and the new kicker. Uh, yeah, that Jay maddening, yeah. maddening something. Yeah, yep. um, we have have two or more extra combat steps in a single turn. So, Which there's that Morag. new guy, yeah, Morag, who makes it real easy now. Right. Um, I'm sure that. Just play uh, JB's Narset deck and <laughs> he has infinite combos. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that's, that's a, just an example of what we have. Um, we also have control two or more commanders uh, for the for the new Commander Legends set that we might run into, depending on if it gets pushed back. Um, but we might run into it, so you'll see a lot of people like, oh, well, there's new partners. i got to try and build a new, new partner deck. Um, yeah. And, I mean, even even at that, it could just be you stealing someone else's commander and controlling yours. Or yeah. you could just play two random partners. It, I mean, it, there's that one leaves you so many options to just... Yeah, these seem like they're uh, they're doable, but not too easy to wear. Like a bunch of points are just going to be going out. Like there is some ones you got to work for. Right, right, and that's that's kind of what we what we were aiming for is that we we want some that are like okay, you can just sit down and you can just get those achievements by just playing the game, and then some of them we were like okay, well now let's see if you can force a a bored state of of something that yeah. not normally would happen so it seems to me like you kind of like get one free pack out of it and then the other two you got to work for them right you get the the one that's basically what we were aiming for and then that way it it forces people to like they got to play they got to you got to think about what's going on you have to actually look at the sheet and like actively use the sheet and be like how am i going to get this one or how am i going to get that one because i mean it i i completed all 21 this 
this time around. But, I mean, that might just be because I build so many decks and play so many yeah. games that I, I can get myself into those situations without even thinking about it. But for some people who like, who like to just play the same deck... It, it forces them kind of to step out of that that comfort zone and maybe play someone else's deck even if oh that's a good way I, I didn't mean even think about that even if you even if you don't want to go build uh, a new deck or something like that then uh, maybe if someone got an achievement in a game that you just can't get you ask them what deck they use and ask them if you can try it yeah, and I borrow it for a game and right I'll give it right back and then that way. I mean, you got people playing all sorts of different decks. Maybe they find something they like. And that's really a, a, a way that I've kind of just diversified my play style is that I've played so many different decks and I, I've, I've played so much different types of decks that it, it's just... I, I put in cards that no one would think about and I do weird things that no one even... Yeah, because you just have all that just all those different play styles you're used to so you can kind of pick and choose oh this might actually be good in this play style over here or whatnot right and uh, i mean i build i build real weird decks i build um the the weirdest one that i have right now is my uh yidris hypergenesis deck that deck is weird yeah it, it's probably one of the weirdest decks i've 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 built it's very glass cannon i mean you play a you play a void winner and i just lose the game so, but, um, the, that, that's just what I mean is that I, I would never build that normally. I would, I gotta go out and try and Actually, test different yeah. things. So, so, uh, what would be some of the resources you would re recommend to other people, whether they're just, you know, kitchen table players at home or if they're another shop and they're trying to start up their own, uh, you know, in-store league. What are some of the resources you might recommend for them to look into to get ideas for their league? So, um, the league that I originally started back in Johnstown, I used um, the professor actually put out an, uh, a video about it, and there's actually a whole um, there's a whole Google Drive document of different achievements and how they run their league. They have ninety nine. They don't have no, money. Unfortunately, yeah. Um, <laughs> but there, it's it's a video out on YouTube. He has the link in the description, um, and it'll take you right to the the drive that just has all these different achievements. I mean, and that was the that was the base that I used like the first season that I ever did any EDH league. That was the base that I used, and um, that was where I started to adapt it to the meta and you. Once you see and get ideas for the achievements, you start thinking, okay, well, then you start thinking about who who plays at the shop you, you play at because, I mean, everyone knows the regulars and if yeah. and everyone knows what they play and how they play. And that way you can kind of mold it like you can mold it to your meta. Um, EDH Rec also has a lot of good articles. You just have to search um, EDH League on – um, EDH rack and it'll it'll probably pull up a few articles for you um, and then I mean a simple Google search works uh, there's plenty of ideas out there for achievements um, but definitely there's there's hundreds of leagues out there I've, I've looked at so many articles that and I've just 
looked at so much information that um, you you kind of can adapt whatever league that you want to build to whatever shop you have. And I mean, I highly recommend it because you're gonna get you're gonna get players. I mean, people are gonna see it. They're gonna be like, okay, well, it breaks the norm. Yeah. Um, just going in and not having something to play for. You know right. I mean? it, it, it's a lot different than just going in and just playing EDH. Like it, it and I feel like um, now more than ever, EDH is starting to, to get their its foothold in shops and um, a lot more people are playing EDH. So you're just – you're getting so many more people that want to play and this is just a way to – to make sure they don't get lost in the F and M uh, and your modern nights and all that, all those different other formats that shops play that uh, kind of are actually, yeah, that are actually like sanctioned formats and stuff. Mm-hmm. Even though EDH is getting there, it's it's not there yet. But this is a way to keep those keep those players coming back and and get an interest in in edh because i mean edh is yeah i mean i i had a a play mat that used to say real magic starts at 40 life so yeah i mean that was probably one of my favorite and i i mean after i played 60 card for a while i i fell in love with commander and that's that's where i sit now i mean i don't play 60 card really ever uh, I mean, if someone wants to play and they they have an extra deck, then that's fine. But I, I don't own any 60-card decks. I that's kind of the same route I've kind of taken is, like, I just kind of got rid of the old and just play EDH all the time. I mean, there's just so many, so much of a card pool that you can play in EDH that you're just so limited and modern and um, standard. I mean, Legacies just takes a big hit because of the price point. But, like, yeah, they're just... There's so much and how you want to play in EDH. There's so much different variety out there. Like, EDH is honestly the way to go. I mean, I'm being biased, but I'm telling people, go out and try it. Like, they come out with a product for it each year, so that means they're doing something right. I think uh, I think from a shop standpoint, if you're a shop owner, that uh, everyone, for the most part, plays EDH, whether you're a modern, legacy, you know, standard player. You probably play EDH as well. I think starting up a league just helps to in- get player engagement. It's going to bring more people into your shop to play EDH and keep them around, keep them coming back to play EDH, which is overall you know, what you want for your shop is more player engagement. And I think having a league around EDH really helps out the local game store keep their engagement up. So, I mean, I think it's definitely would behoove shops to start their own EDH leagues and, you know, keep the interest going, you know, as more people funnel out of the LGS and move over to arena, uh, commander is the format where people still play in person and have social engagements. And I think that's really what magic is about for me anyway, is hanging out, being social, having a good time, playing paper magic in person and, and EDH League is definitely is a great way to keep that social aspect of the game alive. I agree. And even with us going more and more over to virtual and whatnot, like, it just doesn't sit well with me. Like, 
if you're into that, cool. Like, I understand we want, we're going through a pandemic. Uh, that's kind of the only way people can kind of play and whatnot. But I'd rather sit down and play with a couple of my buddies rather than sit over uh, Discord or something like that and try to play. But... Yeah, yeah, I'd have to agree. I think, uh, I think the the paper aspect is is starting to get lost, and people are are turning to the online formats because one, it might be cheaper, or I mean, depending on what you're trying to play, it might be cheaper. Um, but there there's nothing there's nothing better than sitting down and seeing seeing someone top deck something that they shouldn't or watch them get out of a situation that they definitely should not get out of and it I just think it's it, it's so much better for shops to have that kind of player engagement and I think EDH leagues are just one of those ways to get get people into the shop and, and have that kind of interaction well, yeah I definitely think that the leagues are better for the socialization of the format trying to get people to play with each other in, uh, in different ways because of the, the way that the point system is structured and that the achievements are structured. And there was uh, the static effects that were in there. I don't know if anyone... I didn't see anybody actually play with those, but that was because I just paid $10 to get into this league and then never <laughs> played a game. <laughs> but but um, having the having that aspect where you can't get all the achievements with the single deck or you can't do this or do that kind of uh, you know Mark Rosewater says that restrictions breed creativity uh, and I think that's definitely something that this, these leagues do as far as having these rules um, but yeah uh, definitely excited looking forward to this season 2 uh, of this commander league here at the comics vault uh, which is sponsoring this second season. Thank you, Neil and Comics Vault. Well, thanks again, Lex, for coming on and giving us the pointers about how you and you know how you and your friends had created uh, season one. We're really looking forward to season two. Can't wait to play some games. Um, but I think that's all we got for you today. Uh, I'm JB. I'm Adam. I'm Dale. And I'm Lex. Thanks and, for having me. Of course. And, Thanks for coming on the Commander's Vault podcast. See you all later. Have a good one, guys.